You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 235. Today, I'm talking to seven-figure entrepreneur, Selena Sue about how to maximize visibility. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. 235. Holy cow. That's a lot of episodes. I don't, I'm out. I'm all tapped out. No more. This will be the last one. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I was, I was looking at the number and I'm like, wow, that's a lot. And it's crazy. I feel like actually a lot of people that I connect with have a sense of it too, that like, I'm just getting started and that we've just been scratching the surface. And in fact, I was hanging out with Catherine's and Kina manifestation babe herself and her amazing new husband. I mean, they're new. They just got married, right? Brennan. She was like, all right, so you talk about the woo on your podcast, but come on. I mean, how much are you holding back? <laughs> and you don't, you don't just bear all. And I was, I was laughing. I was smiling because, you know, there's still... It really is like a process for me of, you know, what I share and how deep I share. And I've always looked at this podcast as a, as a doorway for, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like a skeptic or someone who's woo curious, <laughs> who wants to learn more. And so, you know, we're kind of like just in the shallow end of the pool right now. And that gets me really excited. I hope it gets you really excited because I am taking you guys on a journey. I hope you're up for the journey and it's really fun and because I'm you know continually deepening my practice and understanding and continuing to be more and more of a student and seeing where I, I see similarities of different principles and ideas in different ways you know we can talk about oh this is some weird energy manifesting close your eyes thing but you know you see the themes you see, all right, here's someone talking about you create your own reality. You hear someone talking neuroscience studies. And it's been tested time and time again how the brain can't distinguish between what's real and imagined. And uh, brain scans that show that. You have things like NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. People that have done hypnosis, tapping into the subconscious mind, visualizing. I mean, it's just all these different paths to the same end result. Now, what is that end result? Where are those paths leading us? It's a good question. I believe it's, you know, in some way waking us up to who we truly are and what we're truly capable of. What an exciting journey that is for all of us. I, I think that's how I always look at my life is kind of in that question of what else am I capable of? What else can I discover about myself? What else can I do that I currently don't think I can do right now? What else? This is interesting. What's coming next? Not from a place that you'll see most people do, which is I need to do these things to prove something, to finally 
You know, and who are we proving it to, by the way? Do you ever, I need to prove it to who? Well, to myself. Why? Or maybe to dad, <laughs> you know, and this is where the first half of my journey was, the younger years of, of, well, because I'm not enough, because I'm not worthy, because I am these things or not these things, I have to go out in the world to compensate, to fill in where I'm missing and lacking. And when you know that there's nothing lacking, there's nothing to compensate, there's nothing to prove. And then, and then it becomes this exciting journey of how else have I been limiting my full potential? And, you know, what if I let off the brake just a little bit more? What could that look like? And let go just a little bit more and surrender just a little bit more. And, you know, that's a journey I'm on. I think it's a journey we're all on. And I love to take you on that and continue to take you down that weird woo-woo rabbit hole. So, so I joke that it's, it's all that we have with 235 episodes. It's just the beginning. And I just think each and every one of you so much, as much as I can, I'm doing on Instagram as much as I can. Thanking you so much for, for listening. Yes. For being open. That's awesome. For sharing, for reviewing, supporting this in, you know, some way. I love it. I mean, I just truly love doing this podcast. So thank you. Um, we just wrapped up our two mastermind retreats. It's been a busy week for James. Let me tell you, we had our seven-figure group meet. I got a day off, and uh, we actually had some interesting things happen. And then we went into our Inner Circle Mastermind Retreat. I am so excited for these people. I mean, if I get to brag, I will. And it's that we have the greatest mastermind on the planet. These are the most extraordinary people ever. I'm so impressed. I'm so blown away. And some of them are going to be listening to this. So you guys, I'm talking to you right now because I can be tough. I'm tough because I won't let you slip into victim mode. I won't let you argue for your limitations. You know, we're up to big things and I don't want you playing or thinking small in any way. And, uh, sometimes I have to be pretty tough and I just, I really didn't feel like I needed to with these extraordinary individuals in this room. Like they just, they get it, they see it, they know what's possible. And they immediately from day one were so supportive of each other, so open, so giving and so willing to take risks. And these things are so vital, but there's something else. And a couple of them said something to me, and this is where also I'll just brag even more is that there was no ego in the room. Now there's two types of ego and I'm talking in this sense of the word ego, I'm talking about the people that uh, the significance and self-importance, the better than the I'm important, better, you know, I'm on a pedestal because I have a following because I've made money. There's none of that in the room. There's so much humility and you know, I'm the most humble, right? <laughs> there's so much humility and just like humanness and rawness and authenticity. And it was like, Oh, it was so amazing. And I have to assume that most of my listeners, because a lot of people they come like that are in that room come from this podcast at one point or another. So I have to assume that you're that same way too. And I want to acknowledge you if you are, because it's so important, a huge, I don't know, problem. I don't know what you want to call it, but I just see it as something very common. People gain a following, people gain an email list, popularity, a lot of likes, engagement on the social media. They think that means they're better than everybody else. I know you know who, who I'm talking about. They think they're more important, that it gives them more value. I'll just tell you that, like, it's fine, you know, but it will be their downfall. I've seen it time and time again over the years, the people that have so much self-importance, 
are the ones that can't connect with their audience anymore. They lose sight of why they did this in the beginning. And the people who stay, I mean, this is why I've been doing this for over 11 years now. The people who stay, who stay relevant, who stay in business, who aren't just like a one hit wonder, 15 minutes of fame, are those that are just doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it because they actually want to help people, not because they want to be loved by a bunch of strangers on the internet. And so I have to assume that is you as well, that that's the tribe that we attract. And I just want to remind you, I, whenever I see an example of someone who's not that way, it's always a great reminder for me, you know, to stay humble and to, to stay on target to what's important to us, to the vision that our company has, why we're doing what we're doing, that if it all got taken away, you couldn't take away that vision, that mission, that, that impact, that service that gives me meaning in my life. And if you're operating from that, you're unstoppable. Your success is inevitable. And I just acknowledge you for that. So we had our retreats and they're amazing, amazing, extraordinary individuals. I hope you're a part of some mastermind. I feel like a broken record at this point. I just keep talking about how important it is to be a part of a mastermind. Here's all the reasons why in a nutshell, because it's lonely, right? We know that now I'm an, I'm an introvert. So I was like, sweet, I love lonely, but it's lonely in the sense that when it's just you, it's just your perspective of your mind, your thoughts. And a lot of times it's our thoughts and thinking that's backward about business, about money, about selling, about being an authority, about an expert, about owning and knowing your stuff and putting it out there. And when it's just you going, who am I to be doing this? Like, this is crazy. This is stupid. This won't work. Do I have what it takes? You have no other perspectives. You've like, you're thinking a losing battle from day one. And to have someone else who wants for you exactly what you want for yourself as much or more as badly as you want it, they won't let you argue for those limitations. They won't let you talk yourself out of those dreams of yours. They'll come back with the strongest rebuttal. Who are you not to? If not now, then when? And to have that type of support system, it's vital, especially when we're like just getting started. So I hope you're out there looking, looking for your tribe, for your peeps, even if it's just one other person. Well, it was so good though. It was so good. So now I'm really excited like for the next couple of days. You can just hear I'm like low energy today. I'm trying to be intentional. I came in the up today just to do some podcast recording to stay on track, but I'm tired, good tired. I mean, it's just like I'm on an adrenaline high, but my body's tired. So the next couple of days for me is to be very intentional with self-care I'll probably do an episode in the future about my self-care routine, all the things that I like to do from float tanks to, you know, detoxes and infrared saunas and, you know, all of that. Cause it's just so important. And this is also a way to celebrate too, to celebrate a great group, celebrate a great retreat and celebrate the start of the year. So it's, it's all about James right now. And I know that can be hard for you because you may be like most, and I was at like, this for a while where when you stop working you begin to feel guilty it feels uncomfortable and this is a huge indicator of us operating some some very lack mindset some very constricted limited belief system here that will need to change so you want to begin to recognize it do you feel guilty when you stop working that's yeah that's a huge red flag because i really get it we you know, we have uncertainty in our life when we're getting started. Is this going to work? Ba ba ba! All that doubt comes in, 
we find a way to survive. It becomes a really a survival strategy of ignoring those thoughts and those questions. If I just stay busy, I can distract myself from that. If I just keep my head down, I can convince myself. I can buy into this illusion that if I'm staying busy, something will work. Oh, that's, that's worse. That's so dangerous. That's the danger. And then of course, when you stop, you have to be with those thoughts and that's where you, that guilt starts to come in. But I've told you a million times, so you already know this, but your success, your revenue, your sales, your customers does not come from your effort because we just know too many people that are putting that, keeping their head down, working 14 hour days for months, for years, for decades, and they don't have anything to show for it. So when we start to break the chains of money, success, and work and effort and time, we become free again. That's how the true entrepreneur operates. Now, again, it doesn't mean we don't need to like do what it takes and take action. But if your value, like your unique gift that you offer the world is just effort, that's replicatable by anyone else on the planet. If anyone else can just work as hard as you and do it, then you're not actually operating in your zone of genius. And if you're not actually operating in your zone of genius, how do you expect to be making very much money at all? We get paid the most when we're operating the place of the highest value that we can offer to the world and how we measure value, many different ways to look at it, but one of it is a solution that not very many people can provide. Like for example, if your office is messy or your house is messy, anybody, just about anybody could solve the problem of a messy office for you, right? Just anybody could come in and clean that. Almost anybody could do that. But if you have like a legal problem, can anyone on the planet solve that legal problem for you? If you have a, you know, like a broken arm, can anybody set that arm for you? No, right? So are you doing the work that can be done by practically anyone? Are you solving the little problems because it's safer? And then upset because you're not getting paid the big bucks? Well, now you know why. Anyways, I'm just talking. <laughs> so this is a time for me to relax, be in self-care, to recharge. And there's just, it's great. There's no guilt there. I've got an exciting episode for you. It's with my dear, dear friend, Selena Sue. She's amazing. This is an extraordinary episode. This is like a new segment I want to call Seven Figure Sessions. Uh, this is where I really just sit down and I chat with seven figure entrepreneurs that have built amazing businesses and amazing brands. And Celine is one of those individuals. And why I resonate with her so much is that, you know, the work which she does with like impacting millions and teaching entrepreneurs and other business owners, you know, how to, you know, get more media attention is super important work, right? Like, can you see the value if you're on more podcasts, like bigger podcasts being interviewed, if you're like getting featured in like Forbes magazine and other publications, like you can see the value in that, right? But what you would tend to think is that that world is dominated by the outgoing extrovert, you know, life of the party. And Selena is the exact opposite. She's anything but that. And I just feel like we are such kindred spirits because we are both these very quiet, reserved introverts by nature. And so to see how she approaches this world, to see how she's built this business of hers 
through relationships has actually made a huge impact on me very recently. And she's actually been helping me behind the scenes with a lot of this, getting our name out there into more media outlets and podcasts and platforms. And uh, she's freaking brilliant at it. And I just love this really raw and candid conversation that we have. So she's going to talk a lot about how we still play so small in our business out of fear and how we need to really let that go so we can step into this place of maximum, maximum visibility. You know, you just, we, we just have so much, we have so much like juicy combos about the, the things that we do to hold ourselves back from that. And, you know, I don't need to tell you that if you, you want to grow your business, you're going to need to get in front of more people and how we sabotage that, right? And we let that fear hold us back. And she's just so good at this. So if you wanna learn more about the work that Selena does so you can become you know, that million dollar authority brand, get that credibility from the media outlets, get found you know, that omnipresence, get found on more podcasts and more platforms, we'll link it up in the show notes, but I got a link for you. It's jameswoodmore.com forward slash Selena, S. E-L-E-N-A. So in a moment, I want to play that full interview for you, but let's learn a little bit about who Selena is. Selena Sue is a publicity and marketing strategist for visionary entrepreneurs, experts, and authors like you who want to reach millions with their message. So she's helped clients and students get featured in places like O, you know, like Oprah Magazine, Forbes, and Inc., as well as land interviews on some of the most popular podcasts and even national TV. And because of this, so many of Selena's clients have become industry leaders with seven-figure businesses, raving fan bases, and hundreds of thousands of followers. Her signature approach comes down to building powerful and long-lasting relationships with influencers and the media in a thoughtful, authentic way. And it is just such an honor to have this extraordinary woman here featured on the Mind Your Business podcast. So without further ado, let's play that interview for you right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with none other than Selena Sue. Selena, how you doing? Hey, James, doing really well. Good. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Yeah, I have been as well. And I think we're going to have a great conversation today. You know, I think one of the things that I, gosh, what when did Chelsea and I meet you in person? It would have been last, no, it was a year Almost two years ago. I think it was summertime because I think I recall you saying May. that you were like going to spend like the month of June in New York. So yeah. that must have been when we met. It was May, May and June. It was like right before it was going to get too hot. And then, yeah, we connected with you. And that was like one of the first things I noticed is, first of all, I always joke and say that introverts can always spot another introvert. <laughs> so, I, so I spotted another introvert. I saw one where, where extroverts, you know, can't tell us apart. But something that's always like, well, since I met you, which was really intriguing and fascinating to me is as an introvert, not just how well connected you are, but how proactive you are at connecting. And that's, you know, that's a really like fascinating, intriguing concept. And and you and I have talked at, at length about how that's something I don't want to use the words like struggled with, but it's just like, I've always, I always put it off. It's always never like a priority. So I want to get into all of that today, how someone like yourself who, you know, we get labeled as shy, awkward recluse. That's the actual definition, by the way, of the word introvert. If you look it up, can still, oh yeah, shy, awkward recluse. 
you know, okay, crazy. I, mean, I relate to that. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that, some levels, so, yeah, uh, uh, on okay, some really levels, accurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but how that does that has not limited you. That that despite that label of being an introvert, you still have a big brand. You have a massive network. You're so well connected, and I want to get into all that today. I think that'll be really amazing because I think a lot of our listeners are also label themselves as introverts. But before we do that, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself a little bit more in your own words to our audience. Like, what do you do? And and even more importantly, why do you do it? Sure. So I'm a publicity and marketing strategist, and I help entrepreneurs reach and impact millions. And I, you know, started my or started thinking about this business when I was in my mid 20s. So I had a quarter life crisis. I was working at a nonprofit, making about forty two thousand dollars a year. And I was extremely unhappy with my life. I was in a toxic relationship. I felt trapped at my job and I just was in a place where I had very low self-esteem. And so I eventually fell into this deep depression and I had trouble getting out of bed in the mornings. You know, my mom flew out to New York city just to be by my side. Cause it was just a lot to even get me to eat food, to, you know, have the energy to, you know, get out of the door and go to work. Like she literally would walk me to work some days. And, you know, I just knew like I needed help. And so I remember talking to a few friends of mine who I opened up to and just said, like, I need to stop feeling like shit every day. Like, I don't know what to do, where to go. And one person suggested this life coach and she hosted these, you know, life coaching groups, these women's circles in her apartment in New York City. And so I signed up for her course. It was called The Power of Right Now. And I didn't realize that that one connection to her would change my life. And so... Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I learned about all these thought leaders, you know, Deepak Chopra, Louise Hay, the ideas that, you know, that we have power over our thoughts and our lives and we can heal ourselves. And then I started getting introduced to all these other thought leaders. I started joining email lists and learning about the people that they would recommend. And I got, you know, exposed to this new generation of online entrepreneurs. And I thought, wow, it's so cool. Like all these experts are helping people, you know, whether it is get out of a healthy relationship situation or, you know, take better care of their health, their finances, start a dream, you know, business or find their dream job. And I was like, this is so cool because I realized that, you know, when you're in a place where you're at like a low point, you don't just need more information. You're actually really craving inspiration. And so these experts, these individuals, I felt like really embodied like this possibility, right? They were role models and it gave people like vision and hope. And so I found them so helpful. And I would tell my friends, like, do you know about this person and that person? And they would have no idea who I was talking about. And I just felt like I want the whole world to know about these experts because they changed my life on such a deep level. I think there's many different ways to change the world. But I think when we, you know, elevate more of these thought leaders and experts who are all about helping people improve the quality of their lives, I think for me, that's the way that I choose to impact millions is by elevating other people, getting Mm -hmm. their message out into the world. And so I was just doing that very naturally. This was not like a business or anything. I would, you know, my biggest inspiration was Ramit Sethi and he had this book and brand, I will teach you to be rich. I remember I would like forward an email of his to like literally, you know, 27 people being like, read this. It's so amazing. And it was like, I don't know, I didn't get that many responses, but I just had like this extreme enthusiasm. Like I want people to know about these people. 
And so, you know, like I said, I joined their newsletters. I went to events. I responded to newsletters. You know, I thought of ways I could just naturally be helpful, you know, people that they should get in touch with, media opportunities I knew about. And then over time, I started to build real relationships with these people. And the people that I admired from afar became people who cared about me. In some cases, they became friends, mentors, or even clients. And it was people like, you know, literally like Remy, Marie Forleo and Danielle Laporte, who really believed in me and gave me the confidence to start my business. And so when I did, I remember reaching out to both Danielle and Marie, like asking for a testimonial and they were just so happy. They're like, yes, please. Like we want to support you because you supported us so much. And so that kind of helped me launch my business. And it's been, yeah, it's been almost seven years. So I, I'm kind of blown away because you know, usually, you know, I just think about the past podcast interviews where I've been like, oh, you know, one year, two years, three years, five years. Now it's like seven years. Like this is yep. real. Like it's not going away. And I'm just so grateful to be doing the work that I do. That's awesome. And one year it'll be like 29 years of doing this. And then we'll have like oh holographic, like the, the podcast will be already implanted in your brain, you know, and you just listen by blinking your eye twice. And you know, exactly. I've been doing this for 48 years now. Yeah, that'll be awesome. So, okay. A couple of things there. First of all, I just want to like acknowledge you because you know that the whole idea and concept that we've all heard of like success leaves clues and there's just there is no question as to where so much of your success comes from when we hear what your original intentions and what you were out there to do from day one it was is like such an abundance mindset of like i'm selflessly detached want to help others and i want everybody to know about these people you know where whereas a lot of people come from this, like, how can I make money? What's, how can I, how can I be famous? How can I get a following? Which is, you know, important questions to be asking, like, how do I build a following? But you can just tell from the way you shared that story of how much of it was outwardly projected towards service and helping and impact. And by the time you reach this tipping point where you're like, whoa, it could be me also being one of these experts that gets shared. You'd already provided so much value to these mentors, to these people that had come before you. It was like, such a natural next step for them to support you. So I love that. And I think that's, again, more success really leaves some clues. I'd love to go back for a moment, if you don't mind, to this time when you really experienced depression. Because I remember feeling, and I've shared this on the podcast, like a very similar experience. I'm wondering, like, especially because hindsight's twenty twenty. number one, what really got you out of it? If we can just dive deeper into that, like what made the difference for you? And number two, Looking back on that, like what context is like, what value did that experience have on your life? I guess is what, is what I'm asking. Sure. Yeah. So what got, what really got me out of it? You know, I think I was just in a funk and I was having so many negative conversations by myself in my head that I didn't even realize. Like what were some of the, the, what were some of the conversations? I mean, just things about myself. (laughs) Thankfully, I don't remember them super clearly right now, (laughs) but like some of the things would just be like, around like, oh, I messed up or just being so sensitive to like also every single piece of constructive criticism. You know, Mm -hmm. I was pretty like early in my career and there were certain things that like I needed to figure out, you know, in terms of how to, you know, be the best I could be in the workplace when my boss would have constructive feedback for me, I would take it so personally and just think like, oh, I screwed up, I suck. And like, just 
you know, I, I would like kind of take feedback and turn it into something like even more negative and just kind of have this self-concept and even, you know, from a relationship perspective, like being trapped in a crappy situation, but not, you know, feeling like I could leave or feeling like, you know, just like the craziest things like, Oh, nobody would want to be with me or there's this and that, or I need to fix all these things before I could have a relationship I want or yeah, just being critical about myself on, so many levels. And so in this program, the power of right now, she had us actually write down the things that we were saying to ourselves. So I never really, they just kind of flowed in and out. And I, you know, didn't realize that I was having, I think they say like 60,000 thoughts a day or whatever the number is. Yeah. And it was like, you know, several really negative things, just like on constant repeat and then making that conscious decision to, you know, say something differently to yourself and kind of rewrite, like reprogram what's kind of that, you know, constant loop in your mind. So I think that was one of the, the first things. And then Deepak Chopra's book, you know, the seven laws of spiritual success was really valuable to me. I mean, there's something about the book that's just like so poetic, but you know, it just also like expanded my mind and made me feel so much hope about, you know, possibility and being like the creator of your life. And, you know, this is kind of personal development 101, but for me, these were like brand new, like, uh, you know, groundbreaking concepts. And it just really helped me so much. Yeah. no, that's awesome. And I just feel like you, if you had those stories and those thoughts, then there's just no way that we can carry that with us into business, especially as a personal brand. You know, we're, there's so much more, um, you're so much more for lack of better words, like exposed to criticism, comments, feedback, et cetera, that that can be really, really challenging. So, yeah. And I will say that I am someone who is self-conscious and I don't know, I'm programmed to be a highly sensitive person. And I think also a critical person, you know, I just notice all the details. I'm extremely analytical. I am in my head quite a lot. So it's not as if like, Oh, I don't deal with, you know, uh, like any anxiety anymore or fears or things like that, but it's just learning how to work with them and move forward. Yeah. And I really feel like that is one of the you know, most important factors to being successful as an entrepreneur, because, you know, choosing to be a business owner, choosing to do the work I do, there are so many things initially, and even today that like freak me out. And it's so scary, but I've kind of learned to just kind of feel the fear and recognize it, but just like move forward anyways. And just kind of, you know, there's that intellectual part where it's like, I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm not going to die. But then like, sometimes in my body, it's still like, this feels really scary. This kind of feels paralyzing. Like maybe I shouldn't move forward. And so, yeah, it's something that I've had to work on, but you know, now that I've had my business for the time I've had, I'm like, I feel so proud of myself. I mean, you know, there's a lot of kind of different numbers I could feel really proud of that I do, but I think the things I feel proudest of is just really like overcoming the fears and doing the things that, you know, back then I thought like I would never do like in my body feel like I'm going to die if I do that. And then just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Which is like conceptually, you know, like logically, like there's no way death will result from this Facebook live, <laughs> but it's crazy right. that it feels like death. But it's also like, I resonate so much in what you're saying because it's funny how it's like, yeah, with seven years of doing this, it's almost like it just naturally gets easier because you have so much of that experience of feeling that fear or that thing that petrifies you. And then having all these experiences and evidence of like, Hey, it always ends up being okay. I'm still here that. And then you compound that with this feeling of pride, you know, for like, Hey, I did those things. And then here's this. And now you start to recognize that, you know? So it's almost like, yeah, it really does get easier 
what are your thoughts or even just like words of wisdom for the person that um, they don't have seven years of experience? Like they've got seven weeks of this, you know, and the, and the fear is really real for them. Yeah. So one of my favorite sayings is start before you're ready. And when I heard that, it just really resonated because the thing is, you know, when you have a vision, like you have a vision of the future, but you can't expect to, you, you have to like, you know, honor where you are right now. And also the idea that confidence has to be earned. So sometimes you think, okay, I need to be confident to move forward, but it's only if you move forward and do the difficult thing and feel the fear that you're going to be like, I didn't die. I'm okay. And I'm proud of myself. And then you start to become confident. So that has been really huge for me. That's like the number one piece of advice I would give someone who has these big dreams, that's afraid of moving forward. Start before you're ready. Yeah, that's really good. And if you can for me, is there a specific time or action item or project that really comes to mind for you that you at some point in those seven years that like, especially had you feeling like, oh my gosh, like death is, is one possible outcome for this? Yeah, there are so many, but the first big one that comes to mind was a couple months into my business and I was inspired to organize my own groups because, you know, that life coaching group had had such a profound impact on me. And I was starting to become friends with different entrepreneurs and I saw that they had, you know, workshops, online programs, things like that. So I, you know, posted on Facebook that I was doing a workshop called Elevate Your Brand in my home. Um, And I also sent, you know, a newsletter out about it. I had like 150 people on my newsletter and I had, you know, some people following me on Facebook and it was going to be two days where I was going to teach people how to really build their brand and become those go-to experts in the marketplace. And it was kind of crazy because I remember even right before I started my business, when I was in business school, when I was even in like a small group of five people, we'd had to go around in a circle and just introduce ourselves and say what we did. Like I would feel nervous. Yes. I wouldn't even be paying attention yes. to other people. You, yeah. you relate to that? Oh my gosh. That was in college when they did those icebreakers where it was like, yes. say your name. <laughs> where you're from and like one unique thing about I was freaking oh, yeah. out those that would scare the crap out of me it's so yeah weird. so I would just be like mentally rehearsing yep. what I was saying in my head so even talking for 15 seconds was like scary for me and there were even times in my life when I was just you know dealing with social anxiety that even like talking to like a food delivery person would just like bring up anxiety. Like I just, you know, I had those fears of like speaking. And so, you know, despite that, I was like announcing, I'm going to do this two day thing in my home where I'm going to be speaking. So it was kind of crazy, but I think maybe there was a wiser and maybe kind of more, you know, the go-getter side of me that's like, okay, let's do it. And so I put it out there and people signed up and it was, you know, $600 for a two day workshop. I had seven people so I made, you know, over $4,000. So that was my first taste of leveraged income, which was really cool. And I remember, you know, leading up to the event, it was like, okay, I need to put together like, you know, the content. And I had never ever done something like this before. Like I had no idea, like maybe I had done like a 20 minute presentation in school, but like two days worth of teaching when I have trouble talking for 15 seconds. And I remember just, you know, my whole body like freezing up. Like when I thought about like putting together the content, like I just was frozen. My body kind of hurt. Like it felt Mm. like it was hard to move my body. This is putting together Um, the content or when you were actually presenting it? 
No, not presenting, thinking about it okay. and getting ready for wow. it. Because I was like, I have two days. I don't want to look like a total fool and mm-hmm. disappoint people. And I don't even know what to say. And who was I to even think that I could do this? I'm just going to mess up. And yeah, I remember feeling nauseous and just needing to you know throw up. And I just like, I couldn't move. And then I just invite, I had, like called one of my friends. Her name's Alexis. And I was like, Alexis, can you come over and just like sit next to me? And can I just talk with you about what I'm thinking about. And, you know, she came over and, you know, slowly we kind of got things together. But the good thing is like when you're doing these workshops, it's not just you talking for two days straight. It's, you know, you're, you've got exercises and other people talk and they share and, you know, you mastermind and things like that. So it's just so helpful to have that friend there. And then, you know, I remember like as people were coming through the door, just like so being so nervous, but as I just started talking to people and they were so happy to be there, they're so excited for the opportunity. And I I did a little bit of talking and then everyone went around and like shared and we just, it just became natural. And yeah, I'm just so proud of doing that because it would have been easier for me to not do that and just stick to what is comfortable, which is just being, you know, totally behind the scenes, which I also, I love that too. Um, But that was like really pushing myself to a place where, you know, my body felt like I couldn't move. I felt like I couldn't eat. I mean, full blown, like anxiety coming on to me, probably one of the scariest things in my life, but I did it. And I'm glad I did it early on because that's the foundation to be, okay, now I can do that. Like I can do a webinar. I can lead an online group and all these things. And I have a business where, you know, I have the honor of like helping, you know, thousands of people in a really deep way. But if I didn't take that initial step and was just like, okay, I don't do that. I I don't do public speaking. I don't do that. Even though there's Mm -hmm. a part of me that would say that, but I just chose to do it anyways. Now I can impact people and the world in the way that, you know, I want to. I love that. And I have to imagine that you did some sort of workshop again, like that in the future, but it wasn't as time now. It wasn't as scary the second time. Yeah, it wasn't as scary. But then the second time it was now, okay, I need to figure out how to fill it. It it was interesting Mm -hmm. because I told one of the things I think is so important to success is also surrounding yourself with the right people, Mm -hmm. people who think bigger than you. I mean, I first started my business because, well, one, there were people around me, like the people that I admire from afar who now, you know, looked up to me for my expertise, like Ramit Sethi, Marie Forleo, Danielle Laporte. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like if they think I'm so good at what I do, then I need to believe in myself and I can do this. And then anyways, with a workshop, I was telling a friend of mine about it and she was like $600, Selena, that's like too little, like two entire days with you, a small group, you should charge at least $1,200. And I'm like, okay, but like, I would want to add more value. Mm -hmm. I'm going to charge more. And she was like, it's just, it's simple. Add two one hour group calls each month and then just call it a two month program for $1,200. And I was like, oh, and then it was only like four additional hours. There was nothing prepared. It was just Q and A. So I did it. But obviously with an increased price point, it becomes a little bit harder to fill it. And I hadn't really been building my list since then. And so I had just, you know, joined this mastermind with a business coach. I had put down a lot of money and I was freaking out because it was like two weeks before the big event. In my mind, it had to be filled up well in advance. And I had maybe like three people signed up. And I was like, this is so embarrassing because it's called Elevate Your Brand. And like, what kind of brand do I have? (laughs) What kind of expert am I if I can't even fill like my own event? And I was, you know, telling my business coach, like, I feel like I've done everything and it's just, I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, I'm so screwed. It's like, it's right around the corner. And she was like, okay, tell me, Selena. So what did you do? And I like listed maybe like three things. <laughs> everything. Like, I did it all. <laughs> I know. I really thought so. I, was like, I did this. I did this. And I also did this. 
And she was like, Selena, you haven't done everything. These are the things you need to do. And she gave me a list. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I just, my mind thought like, I can't do this. This is really scary. I don't want to come across salesy to my mm-hmm. emails. I never sent an email like that before. But then I realized I didn't pay like $27,000 to be in this mastermind and not do what my coach said. Right. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And she was like, Selena, you know, you have two weeks, you have X number of days, X number of hours. You have so much time to fill this. She's like, I don't want you to stop filling this event until the first person walks in the room that Saturday. And I was like, okay. And I, I did it. I hustled, you know, I didn't give up like all the way until the end. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then I, you know, filled it up. I got a full house. I think I made like over $10,000 from that event. So I had like, you know, doubled the revenue, more than double the revenue. And it was, it was because I had that mentor, you know, who really pushed me and helped me think bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is so great that you share both these stories. Cause I think Everybody listening, if you haven't gone through this exact same, I mean, it's, it's, everyone's going to have the same story. You know, that first one is that like, even just putting it out there and the resistance that comes with making that first offer and like, can I even do this? Can I even deliver? Can I even provide the value? Who am I to be doing this? And then you did that. And then there's that next one. It's like, okay, can I actually like show up and sell this and actually start marketing and promoting it the right way effectively and fill this and close it. So this is what lies ahead, folks, if you haven't had these experiences yet, because like these are just unavoidable. I mean, I have my own. I'm like, yep, I remember when I went through that exact same thing. But going back to this first one, you shared like, and it's so great how like just like real and vulnerable you are with like what was going on in your head. I think it's such a common theme, people saying the same exact things that you were saying, like, who am I to be doing this? And all the anxiety came up. But the difference is that most people will then stop. And I think, and never put it out there. And I think so many people are struggling to put themselves out there, to put their message out there, to put their offers out there. They're afraid of being seen and being visible. And like, I'd really love to get into that. And what are the big mistakes you see entrepreneurs making and and how we can help them so they can be seen? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that we're starting there because when it comes to visibility, I mean, there's certain steps that you can take. And if you take those steps, you will be visible. You will get publicity. People will know about you. It's not like, you know, rocket science, but really the number one thing that holds people back is themselves and their mindset around visibility. So I can share a personal story about one of the first times that I was visible and all the things that, you know, I went through and how I overcame it. Yeah. So early on in my business, I had this awesome client who was a huge, you know, supporter of mine. And she was like, Selena, you know, I want to do an interview with you and share you with my email list. And, you know, for a lot of people, they'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. And for me, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to screw up. I don't do videos. I'm the behind the scenes person. So there were all these things, like I was kind of terrified, you know, with that offer. But then there was this wiser part of me that's like, this is a really good opportunity for you, Selena. And this is also a safe space. This is someone that wants to see you win and cares about you and knows you. So I said yes to the interview and it was a Skype interview. It was kind of like what we're doing now where we're on video and she asked me a bunch of questions. And I just remember being, you know, nervous the whole time, but also, you know, I was answering all the questions and afterwards, you know, I was like, you know, wanting to see the video before I, you know, potentially shared it with my email list. And I had my interns there. And at the time I was working on my public speaking because I was so nervous that I would have filler words all the time. So I was in Toastmasters and they were counting, you know, the filler words in my 
you know, 40 minute interview. Yeah. And literally, I think we were up to like 137. Oh, no. I was like, okay, I, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember just kind of watching myself and my, you know, hands covering my face being like, oh my gosh, this is a train wreck. This is a disaster because I was so nervous and shy and I was not used to doing an interview that I was not maintaining any eye contact. I was like in my head, I was looking away and I was, I felt like I was, you know, using all these filler words and just felt like I wasn't eloquent and wasn't stage ready. And I remember saying to my interns, like, this is such a disaster. There's no way I can share this with people. Like, you know, I like messed up, like I totally messed up. And I remember one of my interns saying like, honestly, Selena, I don't think it was that bad. I actually thought the interview was really good and you gave some really great advice. And this was really interesting. Like the, the things that you shared, and I was like, really? And they were all like, yeah, it's fine. And so I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't think it was fine, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to share it with a list because I don't know when I'm going to do another interview again, <laughs> given how like difficult this was for me. And so I put it out there and like people wrote back like, oh, this was great. We loved it. And so I, you know, as I was reflecting, I took away three big lessons that have really helped me and that I think will help your listeners when they're thinking about putting themselves out there. So lesson number one is that we are our own worst critic. Mm -hmm. So rather than me like celebrating the fact that I took a step forward and did my first, you know, video interview ever, I was like, okay, let me get the recording. Let me get my interns to count all the times. Basically I fucked up, right? And I was just like <laughs> counting them and just like analyzing from the standpoint of like, where did I mess up? That was my mindset. And so the thing is for a lot of us, we are our own worst critic. We're always looking for what did we do wrong? Rather like, what did we actually do right? So that's number one. It's usually not as bad as you think. And then number two is that like, you know, we all have a vision of where we want to be. And maybe we see people speaking on, you know, the TED stage or people you know, doing video and, you know, just coming across as so confident and being like, I wish I could be like that. You know, I wish I could be like that person, but we have to realize that like in order to be that person, we actually have to put in the work. So the people that we admire, they may have put in like three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years into their business. They may have hired public speaking coaches. They may have hired like seven coaches to help them get to where they are. And so, you know, we can criticize ourselves for where we are in this moment. But the thing is, we have to also honor the process. And part of it is like doing the difficult work and not being perfect. It's the same work that they had to do. So then realizing that, okay, the only way I'm going to be, get better is actually by doing the work has helped me just move forward, even when I'm judging myself and feeling like it isn't perfect. And then the third thing is that, you know, when my interns and when people on my email list are like, that was really helpful. Like, thank you for opening up. Thank you for sharing that with me. It made me realize, you know what? I was actually being self-centered because I was mm -hmm. just thinking about myself. Yeah. How do I look? How do I sound? Am I going to mess up? And it's normal for us to feel this way, but when we really like get down to things, it's like, that's not why we're doing the interview. You know, we're doing the interview because we want to help people. We want to yeah. share a story. We want to share a message. We want to change people's lives. And so I still have that voice, you know, because I am very, you know, I have that natural like critic in my head. And so I'll notice like where I stumble on words or mess up and things like that. But I just tell myself like when I do an interview, like did I give it my all? You know, did I come like open and ready to share? Did I really share my heart, my ideas? Did something that I say, could that improve someone's life? You know, make them feel better. And if I did that and it's like the interview was awesome and that's it. I don't need to analyze it anymore. It was good and I'm going to move on and continue to find, you know, other ways to support people and make a difference. So those are, you know, three things I suggest people do when they are, you know, having these anxieties about being good enough to make them feel more comfortable putting themselves out there and getting that visibility. I love that. And I want to go back to number two, especially because it's so, it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to others and for you to make that distinction of this is somebody who's put in the work. 
is very important because I think when people do make that comparison to someone they're like, wow, that TED talk was amazing. I wish I could be like that. And they're comparing themselves to that person. It's almost as if people make the, and I've found myself doing this. It's like they make the assumption that this is just that person was born that way. Right. Right. Like they just came out of the womb like a perfect, flawless TED talk, you know, flowing like professional speaker with all this charisma and attitude and humor and timing and all that stuff. And you're just stuck this way, like they're perfect that way without any work. And then you're just like, you know, we can't fix you (laughs) when you realize like how much just like you said, we could start to ask a better question, which is like, wow, how many hours of training and how much work did they do and to get to that moment? I mean, I was just doing another podcast earlier today and the person happened to like remark a couple times, which I've actually never received that. They're like, wow, you're really good. You're asking really good questions. You're a really good interviewer. And he's like, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, well, this podcast specifically, like almost three years, I think over three years. So I'm like, I guess I've, I'm sure I probably have gotten better at it. I didn't even like, I haven't even been paying attention. But you do something long enough and you're obviously going to you're going to improve. You're going to get better at it. So I really like that because we tend to just think that they were born that way and we were born this way and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. And people are just telling themselves, I'm not good at this. And that becomes part of their self-concept and they just accept that. And then they make decisions based on that rather than like, I can change. I can I can do anything. I just have to give myself the time. And maybe you don't, you know, I mean, it's not like there may be things you don't want to do and you don't have to necessarily do them. But if you want something, you can create it. I mean, there are so many people that have come before you, countless people that have built six figure, you know, seven figure businesses, you know, who have gotten publicity, who have written books, who have done TED Talks. So none of these things are out of reach. And there's people, you know, out there who can help you with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this is all coming from, you know, you and I both being the shy, awkward, recluse introverts, yes, <laughs> you know, definitely. Um, yeah. So I love that too, because going to your third point, which is a, a big one. And I, I speak to this all the time. I, I totally agree. I'm even harsher with people when they're like my clients and students, when they're like really concerned about how they look or people's opinions on them. It's, it, it's self-centered. It's selfish. Like you're only concerned about you and what people think of you. And, you know, look, there are a lot of people out there like that though. You know, there are a lot of people with big followings and they're like, yeah, they probably think they're better than everybody. You know, (laughs) they probably, (laughs) they probably think that they're like really special, like, you know, that they're above people. But I know the people that we attract and the people that are well-intentioned, ironically, they're the ones that question this the most. Right. (laughs) Which is like always the most fascinating concept. Like the very fact that you're questioning this means to me that you, your intentions are pure, you know, because am I good enough? Because it's like, also those are the people that care the most. Exactly. Because you care that you are providing enough, that you care that, that you're doing this in integrity and it's in alignment and it's really going to make a difference for people. It's funny that like there, there are people out there, we're not going to name any names that like, they've probably (laughs) never asked that question because they don't care. They're like, I don't care. I just want the money. I just want the fame. I want the notoriety. I want the whatever. So it's like, isn't the very fact that you're asking that mean that you really do care, but is this coming from a self-centered, selfish point of view, or are you showing up from a place of selflessly serving from the point of which you can serve? Like no matter Mm -hmm. where you are in your journey, there's where you are, that vantage point, that perspective can help somebody that's not there yet. 
for everybody. Like everybody, there's something you know, there's something you can offer that someone further behind on their journey can learn from, can get value from. So yeah, I really love that. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, I mean, people sometimes will say like, well, what's the point of me like putting myself out there? There's other experts that know more than oh, me. They've got a more Let's talk about that because you know so many experts in like every different field. Yes. What do you say to the person that says like, and I just think that's so funny when it's like, oh, I was thinking about creating a blog or a podcast or a book on this topic, but there's already somebody else out there doing it. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I would tell them is that there's nobody like you, you know, there's no one that has your unique personal story, your perspective, your way of helping and moving people. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, kind of see others in their industry as competition. And I I think it's, you know, it's healthy to, in a way, like be like, okay, I want to get ahead. I want to get seen. But at the same time, it's like, I think there, there's a lot of room for collaboration. Also, I think that, you know, there are people out there that want to hear your voice specifically. You know, there's other people that do the work that I do or you do, but they resonate with your personal values, you know, your story, your unique way of helping people. I mean, also recently I've had people join my team who have been on other people's teams and, you know, bigger, more successful companies. And they do, you know, similar things in the online education space, but they wanted to work with me specifically because they appreciate my values and the way that I, you know, care and connect with people. And so, yeah, there is someone who maybe, yes, there have been other people talking about various big ideas. I mean, most pretty much no idea is really a new idea, but there are going to be people that are never going to hear it or get it until you say it, until you show up, which is why, you know, each of our voices is so needed. That's so hard for people to get probably because you've heard your voice your entire life. Like to ourselves, we're probably the most boring person because we we're with ourselves 24 seven, right? Like we take ourselves for granted. And you know, cause like I know I did until you have somebody who sees your perspective for the first time and they're like, whoa, wow. Like I never thought of it that way. It's like, exactly. And the thing is, is uh, we're all different. We're all unique. I mean, and that's a fact. I think what people then do is they categorize that differentness, that uniqueness from a better to worse. Like she's better. Right. He's this. And, and it's like we put them on people on like a scale or a measurement system. So when we're comparing ourselves, it's like, well, he's he's, you know, people even have terms like, oh, he's an A-list guru and she's this. And, you know, and there's this hierarchy that gets created, this made up thing. And it doesn't exist. It's not real because I know people that you would say, like, let's say like in the online business arena that are making the most money, have the most followers, the most, all the things that you could measure to say, oh, this person's better than. And I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I don't resonate with that person at all. They're too polished. They're too professional. They're too unrelatable. I can't connect with them. It's so true. But we're sitting yeah. there going, oh, I, I can't be like that person. That person has more experience, more money, more clout, more this, more that. Therefore, I can't. It's like, wait a second. There's a million reasons why a million people will never follow, resonate, or connect with that person. 
That's so true. Like I think about if someone was like, oh, let me show you how I built my million person audience. There are going to be people who are like, okay, I don't get that. Whereas they might want to learn from someone who's a couple steps ahead. Yes. Let me show you how I got my first 100 newsletter subscribers. Like, yes, I want to learn from you. <laughs> exactly. Here's another thing to consider. Being, you know, seven years 11 yeah. years, I know you've seen this happen because I've definitely seen it happen many times. We look at that person that's, you know, oh, here's somebody that's already owning that space or doing that niche, et cetera, and we then make up the story, but therefore I can't. But what I've seen time and time and time and time again is the people that are in that space leave or they stop. Mm. Or they give up, they yeah. retire, they switch niches. A great one is a good buddy, a mutual friend of ours, Lewis Howes. This guy was the LinkedIn guru. And everyone, you, you said LinkedIn, you said you thought Lewis Howes. You thought Lewis Howes, you thought LinkedIn. And I would right. look around and it was people would see this guy and he's like, oh, he's this big, muscular, attractive, you know, very charismatic young man. It's like, you wouldn't want to compete with that guy. And there really was nobody else that I knew of that was you know, to use that word competing with LinkedIn and Lewis at all. All of a sudden, one day, he has a calling that he'd, he'd been like, you know, and you can listen to his podcast and hear his story and stepped into that. You know, School of Greatness was born and LinkedIn, this previous life of his, was left behind. And I want, being very close friends with him, I watched for maybe a good two, three years and no one really filled that space. Hmm. You know, and then finally people start like, you know, it's like this natural vacuum of people fill the space, but it was very fascinating. It's like, you're making decisions. Let's think about this for a moment. You're making decisions about your life, your business, what you want to do in the world based on other people's decisions. And you don't even know what's going through their head. They they could be quitting that niche tomorrow. They could be moving on and it's crazy to me. So anyways, right. Or the other thing is like, you know, let's say you're getting started in an industry and you're like, Oh, this person's already, you know, the leader, but maybe they're only looking to work with people through their online programs, or maybe they're only yes. looking to speak on big stages, but they don't want to work with anyone one-on-one. I mean, they could potentially send all their business to you, you know, if they knew that you were someone oh. that would, you know, take great care of their people. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of possibilities there. Uh, totally. It, and it, again, it goes back to, Coming from an abundance mindset and creating uh, collaborations, not competitions, you know? Right. I look at it as like music. Like if we're, if we're talking about like personal brands specifically to like the music industry, I don't think bands look at themselves as competitors. Like, you know, one band doesn't say you're not allowed to, don't listen to any other music, only listen to ours, right? Like we don't buy from one band and then therefore say, I can't listen to any other music. I can't, you know, I can only listen to this band, right? We're like, what other new music? It's always in the music industry, like an abundance of collaboration. And, you know, some artists then of course collaborate together. And I think it's, I think it can be really be the same. We're the ones in our heads that it's very easy to go to lack of, oh, this person's successful, therefore I can't be here. This person's already doing this. So they're taking away this fixed pie of money, of customers, of opportunity. This is not true. It's definitely not true. So anyway. All right. So when it comes to this idea of going all in, what mistakes do you see entrepreneurs making? How do you see them like not going all in in other ways? How else are they getting in their own way? Yeah. 
gosh, so much to say about this. I mean, I think when people think about going all in, they think about, well, what are the top people in my industry doing? So they see, okay, the top people have a book, they're doing a TED talk, they've got like three online programs that are $2,000 and they're doing masterminds and all of that. And so I think a lot of people bite off more than they can chew. Mm. And it can feel exciting because every time you start something, you know, it's exciting to kind of dream and vision and, and get things rolling. Um, but then they find themselves in a place of burnout and overwhelm. Yeah. And I think, you know, with anything that someone does, like you have to keep working at it. You know, when I think about, you know, when I filled up my mastermind, it wasn't just, I put the offer out once and was like, okay, well that's everyone who's interested. You know, I did early enrollment and then I did another email sequence and then I did events and invited people from the events and then all these different things. And then I ran Facebook ads and it's like, I'm doing it to the exact same community of people, but I have to keep on putting the message out there multiple times because it's not going to, you know, hit everyone at the same time. Someone's going to need to hear that three months from now. Someone's going to hear it in a different way. Some people are not opening their emails, need to see it through a Facebook ad or video and things like that. So I just think with like every single thing I do, you know, whether it's filling a mastermind, a program, it's like, I'm, you know, looking to kind of reach that angle, but like, I'm approaching it through like multiple angles simultaneously, but focusing just like laser focus on one specific thing. Like I think of like one of the things that I do is I have a lot of partners that help me get the word out for some of the work that I do. And I remember the first time I started working with partners, affiliates, you know, I wasn't really making very much money from it. It was a lot of my, you know, students as an example. And, you know, I would spend a lot of time and it didn't seem like that much was happening. And so I probably lost kind of time, right. And maybe some money. And then I like, you know, and then when it was like a new program that I had, I, you know, I had five partners and I really invested in those. And then eventually the next year, it became 70 and then it became 170. And so it's like years and years and years of figuring out like, how can I create like super win-win partnerships? And today it's something that, you know, I feel like something that we're really good at, something that I love, it's something that we're really successful and people can be like, oh my gosh, how did that person do it? But if you looked at me four years ago, yeah, I was doing it and I wasn't really making much more money given the time I was putting in, you know, maybe I had five people and now I'm at a different place, but it's because like, I just, you know, pick something that I really want to focus on and just kind of like gave it everything. So yeah, I'm sure that you can relate to this. Oh no, I absolutely can. And I, I think the first thing I hear is in, in this idea of going all in, I think most struggling entrepreneurs make the mistake of thinking that means do all the things. Yes. And if you're going to do all the things, how much attention can you give each of those? You know, when you spread yourself thin and you can only half-ass each of those things, when you half-ass the book and the mastermind and the TED talk, can any of them be great versus the, I mean, and I'm the same approach, like less is more, right? To go all in means to give a hundred percent of your juice, your, your uh, life force, your gift to that one thing and don't leave anything on the table. So if you're talking about like your mastermind, it's like, I'm going to give it all I've got to make sure I fill this with the right people, you know? Yeah. So that when we get to the end, we go, did I, did I go all in with that? Did I do that? 
Yeah. And I think that sometimes, you know, like before when I thought like I had done everything, I thought I'd given it my 100% when I had given it like 30%, you know, right. but then when we think about what would a hundred percent look like, like if you're doing a launch, okay, giving it a hundred percent effort would be like doing all these, you know, things, a yeah. lot of work, but then what would like 300% look like, or what would 3000% yes. look like? And I feel like there are a few specific things in my business, you know, that I'm like, I'm giving it 3000%, you know? And so that's really exciting. But then I think when we're thinking about growing our business, it is good to have more than one strategy. You know, if you're launching something, it's like, you want to give it your all, but it's not just your, you have one approach Mm -hmm. because like, let's say, I don't know, let's say you sell things on evergreen and you rely on Facebook ads. Well, what happens if your Facebook ads account gets shut down or six months from now, it just becomes cost prohibitive. If you only have one strategy, you're kind of screwed. So I may have like three different strategies I'll, you know, use, I'll have one main one, but I'm still trying different things. I did remember a time in my business where I was so proud of, you know, reaching seven figures and not doing the things that you were supposed to do. So I did not produce very much content at all. I barely emailed my list. My website and branding was like terrible. I had never done a Facebook Live, never done a video, never done a challenge. I wasn't on Instagram. I didn't like do any of yes. these things. And I was like so proud of myself. And then I, you know, was, this was maybe like two years ago and I wanted to have, you know, my first seven figure launch. And my boyfriend was saying, you know, you're going to have to do video. You know, you're going to have to do something um, because you're trying to reach people that have no idea who you are. You're trying to connect deeply with them. So you're going to need to do something like that. I remember like crying and getting angry at him. I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like, I'm, we're on vacation. Like you're like, and just, and being so upset. But I think I was so upset because I knew that he was right. And I almost had that pride. Like, oh, well, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do that. But the thing is like, you know, at the same time, like, you know, you have to do you, you need to do on the one hand, like what comes easily to you, but simultaneously, you have to also be open to the things that are difficult, you know? And I also recall a time when I was like anti-Facebook ads, because I had a really bad experience with someone where they spent so much of my money and I didn't get a return. So I'm like, I don't want to do Facebook ads. And then, you know, when I was promoting something, I found that like email alone wasn't enough for that particular thing I was promoting. And we would just run Facebook ads to the people that were already on the email list. And all of a sudden, all these people were being activated. And it was Mm -hmm. like, if I had just been like, you know what? I hate that. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do video. I'm never going to do ads. And I kind of would have been screwed. So it's like, you know, these kind of, these two ideas kind of live simultaneously where you have to be focused and you, you know, give something your all and you're, you know, clear on what your number one strategy is, but you also have to be open to, you know, innovating, trying new things, but it really is a balancing act because, you know, to be like really effective, like that requires extreme focus, but then also for our business to have life, we also have to be innovative and try different things. But if we're constantly innovating, we're constantly starting new projects and trying new strategies, and this is all happening simultaneously, we're actually not going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is really great because it's so true and you got to find that balance and it's very easy to bring your ego into the conversation. Let your ego say, I'm not doing this because, you know, and right now I hear this is a big buzz. People say, I hate Facebook because of what they've done. I don't believe in them anymore. Of course, they're writing these things in a Facebook post, in a Facebook group. Like I, you know, like not understanding the hypocrisy of it. And so I'm not going to use Facebook ads. And I'm sitting there going, so here's this thing that is probably the easiest, most advanced, sophisticated targeting platform for paid advertising that can 
reach your existing people with email open rates at an all-time low. You have an opportunity to use different types of lists like retargeting lists and messenger lists, but you're going to reject that because you, you know, you don't like money. <laughs> you don't like, you don't <laughs> like getting your message in front of more people. That's where like the ego can really, uh, come in. Well, I think it's like, also they just don't, you know, don't like being uncomfortable. Cause I've been there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cause also when you do something that is uncomfortable or new, you feel like you're going to lose control and that you're going to make a fool of yourself or you're going to make another mistake. And it just feels painful yeah. to think about it. Gosh. Do you still worry? Like you're going to make a mistake or be a fool, like look like, a Oh fool? yeah. Like, like I was nervous for this interview. You <laughs> were like, locked up. Yeah. I mean, even though you're such a nice, friendly person and I've done, you know, hundreds of interviews, but I like blocked out the hour before I was like, I gotta get, have my mind clear. And I don't know, maybe like blocking out all that time just to be with myself might have made it even more nervous <laughs> um, in the beginning. Just, yeah. I mean, not like super nervous, but just like, okay, I want to do a good job. I'm so excited for this opportunity to connect with James and his audience. But yeah, I still feel that yeah. all the time. Gosh, I, I, I love hearing that. That's so awesome because I think that's, <laughs> I think that's so real because like I'll tell my audience this and they, and they just like shake their head at me. But like, I love looking like a fool because like <sighs> what I got and this, I mean, this for me is like, I, I don't know. It just was really powerful. was that the more experiences that I have in my life, the more value I can deliver to others. Right. And so yeah. if I can do all the things to have all the experiences, like if I can, it's really bizarre. It sounds really backwards, but Man, it's so true. If I can make more mistakes than everybody else, then I bring more value and more experience to the table. And it's really weird. But the more I come from that place, like I just, there's less nervousness, more excitement. You know, it's just like, cause, cause you know, like you said, going back to the experience of seven years, it's, you do this so long and just like no one's reached their hand through the computer screen yet and punched me in the face. You know, there's right. no, my life has not been put in jeopardy or threat because of any of the mistakes I've made, you know, and as long as I, again, there's, I think this comes with a disclaimer is like no mistakes around integrity. Like integrity is our number one core right. value in the company. So we're not talking about like, oh no, you should just like put offers out there and promise things and then not deliver, you know, sell a course and then they open it and it says, ha ha, just kidding. You know, there's nothing here. Like not those type of mistakes, right? Like where there's <laughs> like in three months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like no malicious intent, but like we all have typos. We all have broken links. We all forget what we're saying. We all like lose our, wait, what was I talking about? You know, like that happens and that, and that's human. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I'm learning I, not to take myself very seriously and I love it. I just, I yeah, I think I need to, that, that's a good mindset to adopt. I mean, I, I do relate to you the fact that I'm grateful for the mistakes I have and just, you know, the, the challenges I have to work through. There have been times in my life where I was like, Oh, I just wish I was more naturally charismatic. I wish I was good at small talk. I wish I came across this way. I wish I was just like more extroverted. It would make everything easier, especially with, you know, having a business and being out there. But then it's also like, you know what? I'm so grateful that I'm built the way I am because that allows me to relate to other people who are going through my programs and have these mindset blocks and fears and like physical sensations in their yes. body when they're thinking about it. Because if I didn't connect with that, I wouldn't be able to serve them on the deep level that I can. And, you know, with a lot of the things that I do, I mean, you know, it's also like I'm, I'm looking to get myself out there to grow my business, but also, you know, with a variety of ways I've pushed myself. I'm like, okay, if I do this and I'm going to bring, be able to bring that knowledge back to my clients, <laughs> I really do think that a lot of the time, just like you. So it really does 
come from the service standpoint. Like I think of people that I know who have gone from, you know, X amount to all of a sudden, like literally like within a year going from maybe like a couple hundred thousand to $3 million in their evergreen funnel. And all they have to do is like one or two things and just kind of turn it on. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, it's so great. And I'm, I'm sure they've worked very, very hard at the same time. There's, there's something beautiful and, you know, it's easy, right. Uh, or easier than maybe some of like, you know, if we have to struggle or overcome so many challenges and hurdles, you know, over many, many, many years. But I'm also like, you know what, I'm grateful that yeah. I had trouble filling this program, filling this workshop, being stuck here, having this obstacle, having this breakdown, because it's like, then I can be a better coach to people. Than Exa- I can to exactly. People. Yes, yes, yes. And you, when you were saying, I wish, you know, there was that time you were thinking, I wish I was better at small talk. I wish I was better at all these things. I never, I don't wish you were those things. Um, I really don't. First of all, I can't stand small talk. So I love that when you and I connect, we don't need to waste our time with small talk. We just get right down to business, right? So, but what's really inspired or how you've really inspired me and why I really resonate with you and why I really wanted to connect with you more is because I know other extroverts, again, nothing wrong against extroverts that have built a business really around, you know, networking and connections and I've always written off and say, yeah, of course, you're an extrovert. That's your natural thing. You know, wake me when an introvert does it. You know, yeah. wake me when someone who's their normal disposition is, is not that inclination to go, hi, you don't know me yet, but we're going to be friends or I'm going to connect or I'm going to connect you to someone else. And it's it really impressed to me. And I'm not just saying that. And I don't say that lightly to just anybody. What you've been able to create and the network behind it and the reputation and the amount of people that you connect with and how much of a priority you've made that in your life being that you are an introvert, you know? Yeah. And like I to have the juxtaposition, like I'm an introvert as well. And it's it's a what feels like pushing a boulder up a hill. It's not scary for me. It's not, I don't know how. It's just like, it feels like the thing I never, ever want to do. It feels like a chore. It feels like, a ugh, can I just, you know, like, okay, I'll do, I'll make my bed and I'll, I'll connect with somebody. You know, that's what it feels like. And I've gotten as far with like not doing that as much as I should. And it's so, but it's so important. And I know you just, you know. And so like, gosh, I just want, I just want others to know whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an expert or an expert, how important it is to have that network, to be connecting constantly with people. Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up because this is something that I'm really passionate about. I think a lot of people are more self-reliant in a way that they need to be. That's, um, that was me. Totally. Exactly. Right? I mean, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like, we've had this conversation before where it's like, you know, I don't want to bother other people. I don't want to ask people for favors. I feel like maybe they might feel like I'm using them or maybe that opens me up to have, you know, I have to reciprocate all these favors, which I don't know if that's something that, you know, I want to be available for, you know, other things that, you know, people say are like, you know, who am I to reach out to this person? Like they have everything. I have nothing. And, you know, I, I talk about this idea of, you know, the reason why I've been able to build a lot of these relationships is because it's coming from a place of me really admiring these people and looking to add value. So, you know, I know that 
if there's someone that I care about and I want to build a relationship, I know that because of the connection we have, like I'm going to add value in their life because that's just how I'm built. I'm always looking to add more value than I take, but people often, you know, enter this relationship, like from the get go where they, they see someone they admire and they think, Oh my gosh, they have everything. I have nothing. Why would they want to talk to me? It would be a waste of their time. And so like, literally you're the one creating that energetic dynamic, right? There's a saying, the moment you put someone on the pedestal is the moment they start looking down on you. Doesn't wow. mean we can admire people, but if we literally are putting them up saying they're everything, we're nothing, then we can't connect. We can't have a real genuine connection. But instead, like connecting with someone because like you admire them and you're just grateful for the opportunity to be a part of their world, to contribute to their life, to make them feel good or help them reach a goal. Like that is like the end goal, just that connection, that feeling. Then it's like, you know, you're adding value. And when you add value to someone's life, you kind of level that, you know, playing field where you feel like you're below them and they're above. And so I've been able to build relationships. I see people that I admire. I'm so inspired by their mission and vision. I'm just like, I want more people to know about you. Mm. as we say that outright, but I'm just thinking like, oh, who can I connect them to? Or can I invite them to this event where they can meet people in the media or I've got an idea for them. And so it's coming from a place of giving. And I think people can feel when other people are looking to take something from them because they're just used to it all day long. And the more successful people come, become the more barriers they put up because they're used to people where, you know, you let them in and all of a sudden they, they just, they, you know, they take, and I've been in situations where people have wanted to give a lot to me. And I, you know, sometimes, yes, I'm willing to receive what they have to give, but then I realize, oh, there are strings attached. And now they're asking for something that makes me really uncomfortable. But I feel like it's hard to say no, given everything they've done for me. And for me, like, I'm not looking to create those types of relationships and to get in that way. It's like, I only, you know, it's like giving and receiving. It's just kind of part of like the same circle where you add so much value that people naturally want to give back, but then you want them to give back from a place where it feels expansive for them and for you versus they're contracting. And so if I am asking for someone like to do something that I feel like is going to make them feel bad or uncomfortable, I don't even want to make that ask because sometimes you do have to have that conversation, but I might just be like, Hey, I want to run up this idea by you. Like, what do you think about this? Or, or I might ask them for advice. So even if it was like, let's say someone wanted to get, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, this person has got all these amazing media contacts or they're connected to all these influencers. And they, there's a part of them that, that wants those connections and contacts too. Like rather than saying like, oh, can you give me your Oprah contact? Can you connect me to this famous person? You know, instead saying like, hey, can I get some advice from you? Or can I run this idea by you? I'm trying to figure out like how to, you know, you know, get in front of this person or get in this media outlet. And I've like, I really admire how you've been putting yourself out there, how you've done this. Do you have any advice for me? Because when you come from that place where you're asking a question, you're giving the person an opportunity to contribute. You're elevating them because you're looking to learn from them. And then as they get connected to, you know, what you're looking to do and create, then it's like, people are more likely to be like, you know what, like, let me make that introduction or let me give you my contact or I've got an idea for you. But when you lead with like, give me this thing, it's like, people are like, whoa, like, it's just, it's too much. And people just shut down. That's really good. And like a very specific question. I really like that. When you do start to feel like someone's giving to you, but it's coming with their strings attached, what do you do in that situation? Or what do you recommend doing? If someone's like, at first glance, this feels like selfless and very giving, but the more you get into it, it's like, okay, this person's, they've got a scheme up their sleeves. 
Yeah. I mean, well, one thing I will say is this is a place where, you know, I am, and I think a lot of us are vulnerable. I think it's easier to put up those boundaries when, you know, you're not that close to someone, but when they manage to get into your inner circle and they help you from a personal perspective and you cried with them and, you know, you shared with them and they, they do, all, then it's like, then sometimes it's hard to kind of put up the boundary. So I think part of it is just kind of being more self-aware, you know, like knowing that, you know, like, me, you, whoever is susceptible to that. Also, it's like other people can see it happening around us, you know, so just having friends too, who are willing to just tell you the truth and like, Hey, this, like, I feel like this person's like taking advantage of you. That's one piece of it. But then I think the biggest piece is like, you know, controlling the situation. So, you know, if someone is taking advantage of you, then don't, then kind of back out of those communications, you know, don't show up at those events or, you know, you know, just kind of like, move out of, you know, your life from mm -hmm. them, like that connection. Cause it can be hard when, when you're already in that relationship and it's like, and, and then it just keeps on happening. So just finding ways to extricate yourself from the situation, which is easier said than done, but it's something that you have to do. And it can be hard because sometimes these things can be nuanced. You know, you could absolutely yeah. love the person on some level, but then on another level, it's like, but this also feels icky. And on one hand, I feel so good. On the other hand, like I don't feel safe, you know, mm. and just, yeah, being able to also talk it out with so other So don't people. ignore, don't ignore that icky feeling. Yeah. Don't ignore it or be like, oh, like I, I shouldn't feel that way because they've done all these amazing things or, oh, maybe I'm being, you know, like putting it on yourself. Just like, yeah, not ignoring it, listening to it, meditating on it and maybe, you know, talking to a friend who's more objective about it. Yeah. I know something that like, I've seen other people just like straight up, like when, especially like this is where it can get especially tricky when it comes to things like affiliates and joint ventures and promoting and, you know, supporting launches and stuff like that, where it's, people kind of do this, like I'll do yours if you'll do mine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely seen people so great with just being like straight up about it. They're like, yes, you can promote, but like, just so you know, this doesn't come with strings attached. Like there's no... You know, they're just like, if you're, if you're doing this cause you're expecting me to reciprocate and that's the reason why, you know, don't bother. I love that. I love just like squash yeah. it before it even starts. For me, I blame my audience and <laughs> I throw my audience, <laughs> audience under my, under the bus. No, I I'm joking. But I, if, if we're truly of service, then everything that we're doing should be a decision of, is it best fit for your audience? If I have to choose between one relationship and like, endorsing supporting or anything like that over the audience like it's like well is it is it right fit for the audience is it a right fit for my people is it is it going to help them or not if it's not it doesn't matter that to me is always the priority because that's yeah. like how we stay in business <laughs> i mean the other thing is that what people don't realize when they're short-sighted is by pushing people to do things they don't want to do it i mean it damages the relationship oh yeah and i will say like the very first time i launched a program and i was trying to get support i mean i definitely did have the mindset like i just hope they say yes like even if they kind of don't want to do it, i would still like love some support but now i'm in the place where it's like no i don't want anyone to say yes if they're not truly in right um, because and also there's other ways that people can support you i remember my my mentor meet telling me about how a woman reached out to him who he didn't really know saying like 
asking him to or, yeah, asking him to endorse her book and give her a book blurb. So one, like he didn't even know who she was. And the other thing is he doesn't do that for anybody. It's like a really big ass. And he was like, you know, I would be happy to give you advice. I'd be happy to help you with, you know, book marketing, get on a call, which he doesn't even offer that as not a part of his business. Um, it's just like that he gives to like close friends. And the person was like, basically like, never mind, right? Oh, and so God. sometimes we're just so fixated. I want this one thing. I want their endorsement. I want them to promote me. I want them to give me that thing that we shut ourselves up from all these other possibilities that could actually be even more valuable and create more abundance. Yeah, so good. And I just I just love this whole conversation around not being so self-reliant. And I think that just that word right there hit the nail on the head. And it, for me, is like, that's where I was operating from was, was being self-reliant and I I don't know how much of that is just like being an introvert it's kind of like kind of the mo of like do it yourself like because I love the idea of like the lone being like the lone wolf but (laughs) I mean it's just so true like how much your net worth is equal to your network you know and the people you surround yourself with so I love that like why do this alone why not ask for the help And when you realize how many of the people that we're asking that question, like, oh, I'm just bugging them or whatever. How many people that you're asking your help from are people that are natural givers themselves, like even Ramit to be still willing to give and offer time is like, that's part of what lights us up. That's part of like why we're doing what we're doing is because we actually want to help. Like when you consider that the people with podcasts, that books and coaches and teachers and course creators, like everything's coming from this well of, I want to teach, I want to share, I want to help, that Mm -hmm. you're helping them fulfill on what they're here to do anyways, you know? Yeah, 100%. And actually, like, giving someone an opportunity to help you is a way to deepen the relationship. So sometimes Mm. we think, well, I don't want to ask for anything because I don't want to take anything away, but actually giving them an opportunity to give back to you actually makes them feel good. Yes. And I think also sometimes people feel like, afraid to open up because they feel like, you know, it's embarrassing, right? To talk about the struggles they're going through. And I think that we don't want to always talk about negative things all the time or just always be in the midst of a challenge. But I think that, you know, when you let someone know, like, I'm struggling with this, I'm having a hard time. People are like, let me help you. Like, I want to help you. Uh, And it also creates more depth and meaning to the relationship when someone feels like they've helped you overcome a hard time, that they've contributed in some way to your success, even if it's a small way. And they become more invested in seeing you win. Yeah. I love that. So good. Yeah. And at the end of the day, a teacher is nothing without the student. Like, period. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I never heard that. um, (laughs) True. Yeah. You know, be the student. So I could chat all day with you. This is awesome. But let's see. I know, I mean, you're just so great and you've helped me when it comes to like how to get more recognized, how to get more publicity, how to get out there, how to be bigger, how to be seen, how to be visible. And I know you've got some stuff for our listeners. You want you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I have a free video training called Get VIP Access to Media and Influencers and Online Stars. Um, So for people that are wanting to get in front of more influencers and ultimately reach more people, so they can go to selinasu.com slash VIP video to get that. And I share like the specific stories about how I, you know, met and connected with people like Ramit Sethi and Marie Forleo, how I built those kind of relationships, how I built relationships with the media and found ways to 
add value, even when I was a beginner and you could say like, this person has nothing to offer, no business, no email list, no anything. So people are looking to build those relationships. And we talked about like your network is your net worth. Then you'll want to check out that video because I give you three very specific strategies to do that. Awesome. And that's selenasue.com forward slash VIP video. Did I say that right? VIP yes. video. And we're going to link that up in the show notes for you guys as well. So you guys can click over that and uh, check that out. For those of you guys who already know Selena, you know, she's a master at this. And this is something that I'm not a master of. So I've been learning a lot from you recently, and this is really awesome. And we want to be diving into this deeper in 2019 for us on, on how to get, you know, more media access, get in front of more influencers, and you've already been helping us a lot with that, which is really exciting. So this has been awesome. Do you have any final thoughts or, or words for our listeners around this topic in order to really just call this episode complete? Yeah, I would just say, yeah, I would kind of end it where we began it with the idea of start before you're ready. So if you are feeling scared, that is okay. I also love the saying that if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. I remember when I first started my business, there were so many things that were scaring me. But when I think about today, I mean, I actually am literally impacting millions. When I think about, you know, the number of experts I've helped and the impact that they have and the ripple effect and how I've been able to grow my audience by building my network and all of that and and choosing to do the scary thing to get out in front of groups with like my first workshop and then my webinar and then online courses. I mean, back then, if you told me I would be doing this, I don't even know what I would say because it was terrifying, like full body, just kind of like, kind of like this frozen, um, like feeling paralyzed. And yeah, I just did it. It's just like one step at a time. And I really feel like, I know people say things like, if I can do it, you can do it. But honestly, I am someone who is naturally shy, introverted, quite, you know, I've been quite awkward at times and just so many fears. Like I also feel things so deeply. I am so highly sensitive. And so the fact that I've been able to do it and figure out strategies to help people um, that are scared, like makes me know that you can do it. I've, you know, I've helped so many. So yeah, I mean, one of the things that I also, you know, that's meaningful to me now that I, you know, have my business for a while is like, I remember when I started my business, I was like, you know, I wish there were other people like me. I feel like all the people that I see you know, who are on these big stages, have these big platforms. They're like these larger than life, charismatic personalities. They're dancing in their videos and they're like born for the stage. And they just, you know, they they just feel comfortable. They feel at home with like a thousand people around them. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not this person. And in the back of my mind, I thought like, I wonder if I had the potential to be successful because I'm not built this way. And Mm -hmm. I wish that there were just people out there that were just even a little bit like me. And so, you know, I feel proud of overcoming those obstacles because also I hope to inspire other people to see that they can do it too. And also just like activating and unleashing the potential in so many entrepreneurs and experts who have such a powerful, unique story and passion for helping people who normally would be like, you know what, I'm not meant to be out there. I'm meant to be behind the scenes. So like me being able to activate those people to create more role models um, so that we can all help more people is really what you know moves me and drives me every day. So I'm just so grateful for what I do. And James, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk to you and, and to share these ideas with your audience. Yes. And I love that you're saying this because this is exactly what I was, I was saying is like you're doing work that is typically generally reserved for like the person who wants to be the most popular in the room, you know, the really big like charismatic extrovert. And it is, it's, it's awesome. It's refreshing to have someone that's, you know, wired differently doing this. 
and being like standing for being proof of what is possible for somebody else. And instead of going, oh, I'm, I wasn't born that way. You know, I'm, I'm not like that person that it doesn't mean that their success isn't possible too. that it's possible for somebody else as well. If you're not the most like charismatic or extroverted or popular person, because I definitely wasn't any of those things, still am not any of those things. And, uh, and look at us both. So I love that. I love that. And that just goes back to your full message of like, you know, the uniqueness of your voice that you are different than all the people you're comparing yourself to, which is not the reason why you shouldn't do it. It's the very reason why you need to, because you are not like them, because you are different. And that's why the world needs your voice. So this has been awesome, Selena. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Where else can we like stalk you and and like learn more about you? Like where do you hang out the most? Yeah. Well, selenasue.com. They can also follow me on Instagram. I'm starting to to get into that. Oh, look at you. Instagram 2019. Yeah. Selena Sue. Is it just at Selena Sue? Oh, Selena underscore Sue. Okay. Awesome. I don't know if I'm following you. Okay. Well, we'll link that up in the show notes as well. Thank you, Selena. You're, you're amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time and thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see you here on the next episode. Same place, same time here on the Mind Your Business podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.